It's no wonder she's so skinny. It's because she exercises her mouth so much. So, hello, lovers. I am right here in person with Alita Sarah. She is like a stunning model. She's so funny. She's so smart. She's so quick. And she is also an amazing exotic dancer and a very successful sugar baby. So she has a really interesting story of her life. That is for sure. Where did you grow up? I was in a lot of places. I originally was from Tennessee and then I traveled around a lot and then I moved to Florida when I was 13 and I lived there from the time I was 13 till I was like 20 basically. 13 to 20 yeah. in Florida? Mm-hmm. Okay. That was what kind of made the difference for me. Like my whole life was full of crazy experiences but Florida was definitely a different vibe for me and that's where I started getting more into like the materialistic things of life. What part of Florida? It was in between Tampa and Miami. It's Fort Myers, yeah. And um, I was down there actually because my mom passed away, so my aunt took me in. Oh. Yes, so I was like, all right, we're just gonna move and try to see how Florida is. And at first- Did you know your aunt before then? I did, and she was kind of cool, but as, like, basically as the year went by, and I'm sure, like, if any foster kids hear this, they're gonna relate to this. It's like when the people take you in for the first year, you're like a new toy. And they like you and they like to dress you up and take you out and take you around and kind of show you off. It makes them feel good. Yeah. And they get to, it's kind of like a little story at their like rich people parties. They're like, this is the little like troubled child that I took mm. in and adopted. And they're all nice and well behaved, you know? So for the first year, it went well. And then it kind of went south. Like it, everything went left. Oof. Yeah. How le- so? Did you? have cousins that are her kids no oh so she went from not having any kids to having you yeah okay it, it went left just because like her husband started doing steroids and cheating oh god and then she and you knew doing, about it yeah and she started doing a lot of pills just that caused for a not exactly amazing household environment no so i remember i ended up getting a fake it by the time i was 16 well and i had friends obviously that were way older than me because my house was empty five days a week most of the time oh so yeah. you were like the house that kids could come over and hang out yeah i was that kid that kid that had like no parental supervision basically mm. and i remember i actually saw hot girls wanted at 16 <gasps> and i was like i'm gonna go be a porn star oh was, my god and i got so close to being a porn star because i was like fuck it i was like i just care about money like i don't and at that point it was like people hated me like for some reason, well, not people really. It was just more high school, like in high school, just you're bullies. normally hated. Yes, everyone's yeah. normally hated in high school by someone, and I just felt very hated at that point. And I was like, well, what does it matter if my reputation's already bad? We'll just make some money, yeah. But then I came to a realization that wasn't the move so much. I was like, maybe this isn't something it. brought you back down to earth. Well, actually, it was it was the fact that I think it was a Bang Bros. They called my friend. And they actually, like, we were really going to do it. And we were, we, she, yeah, the Bang Bros called her and they were like, all right, your audition's set up for, like, this day and this time. And audition. Yeah, and I was just like, yeah, you know, an audition. I'm screaming. Uh, yeah, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. What audition? Yeah, the audition on the casting couch is what that audition was going to be. Exactly. So I was like, I'm super straight off that. I was like, actually, because my other friend, she gave me, the, the same friend, actually, she gave me the idea. She was like, well, since you're more of a shy girl, 
She was like, why don't you try going on like some sugar dates? And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, I think you're better in person than on camera. I was more shy. Like I didn't like to be like in front of a crowd. Yes, that's mostly what it was. I didn't want the whole world looking at me. And even if I was just in like a room full of people, I was like normally more quiet and reserved. Well, I could see that too. I mean, I would much rather go on a date with one man and have sex with him than have a whole room of people watching me do it and then the whole world can watch them watch forever. Exactly. And I also looked at it like, okay, yeah, this isn't this isn't the world's greatest thing. It's embarrassing. Like you said, like, yeah, if I have to like do it with one person, that's fine. But it's more embarrassing when it's out there forever. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I'm really not for that. And then also I realized they weren't making very much money. Like on the Hot Girls Wanted documentary, they were saying they were getting like 800 per shoot, sometimes just a couple thousand per shoot. And these videos are getting millions on millions on millions of views. And I was thinking that- And you're so disposable. You're so disposable. Like the, the I think they called it the lifespan in the industry is around three to six months for girls. Yeah. Because it's just- Really sad. It's really hard to be a Lisa Ann or a Alita Ocean. Like those, it's really hard to really just like commit to that and it be your whole life. And be like a headliner where people really know you as like a big- People have to like you. People yeah. have to want to buy your shit. And, and pretty like pretty girls that don't realize it. I didn't realize it. Everybody, I don't think anyone realizes it at 18 that pretty girls are a dime a dozen. And mm-hmm. every single day, another girl turns 18. Yeah. Another beautiful girl turns 18 every single day. So like, it's not just going to be about your looks. It better be about how like, business savvy you are especially in that industry and a lot of my friends they said they're like yeah I got signed to like these horrible like porn contracts these oh the contracts that would be like for the next five years they they promised them oh you're gonna see like 20,000 a month 30,000 a month easy and they're not even seeing two to five grand a month Mm -hmm. And then they're telling them, oh, you're fat. We're going to cut you. They're shooting on garage floors and heat and air and like Vegas and the desert. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just, yeah. I realized I was like, okay. So I was like, you're telling me I could actually have a stable boyfriend basically Mm -hmm. and it not be recorded. I could um, go out to dinner at Mastro's and have a steak and two grand. Yeah. And then leave with two grand in my bag. I feel like that's the vibe. Uh, or gang bang. Yeah. Fucking, like forever. public disgrace. Yes. Forever. And it's like, it's not even like Pornhub. They just started monitoring their videos and age checking their videos. Yeah. For a long time, it just didn't fucking matter. And it's like Pornhub gets more hits daily than New York, Miami, and Los Angeles has people combined in it total. Mm. I would understand if those girls were seeing the money that they're getting on the views, but they don't see the money. Yeah. Their videos can have millions of views and they only made like, maybe $20,000 Yeah, at best. I talked to somebody and he was like, I know some of the best, like the biggest porn girls in the agencies, like in right now. And they, the best they, they do is like- what they make that day. Yep. And I mean, I guess when you have a name, you can parlay it into other things and it's like a stepping stone. But if yeah. you don't get up to that level of having a name, then it's, it's not really a stepping stone. It's almost like a hindrance because then it's just there. Yeah. And it sucks. So yeah, I decided I was like, that's not so much my vibe. And 
I was like, yeah, I'm a little bit more shy. And my friend was like, you don't have to do anything. You can just go out to eat and they'll give you money. And I was like. And how old were you at this point? I was 17. 17. Yes. And I was like homeless. And I was like, all right. I was like. Where were you staying when you were homeless? I was sleeping on my friend's floor at her house. And I was paying her $1,000 a month. Was it her or her parents? It was her parents. But her mom was a drug addict super bad. Um. And so it was just like, it was just a barely getting by situation. Because I didn't want to have to tell the state that I wasn't living at home. And then they moved me to a different school. Oh, yeah. Because I was in like all honors, AP, dual enrollment. So I had everything set up. And I was set to graduate in like a couple months. Mm. But that would have kind of messed up all of that then it then I would have graduated from a different high school all my AP and all my honors it just wouldn't look the same as like oh she did four years at one school and like all of it looks good yeah exactly absolutely yeah so I was like all right I was like whatever it takes to pay my rent here and I remember I was like I had my little ID and it was such a shitty fake ID. How old did it say you were? It's, I was like 23. Oh. I'm deceased. No, I don't know who in their right mind ever let me buy alcohol. Um, but. Yeah. <laughs> and nowadays I'm like, why didn't I get carded? I, like, why didn't someone think I was 20? They still carding me and I'm 23. I'm like, what is this? But it's okay. But yeah, no, I started all that and. I remember my first date, I was really kind of dumbfounded because I was working as a hostess and weekly I would see like maybe at best 175. Wait, a hostess? At a restaurant. Okay. So I was seeing at best 175 a week and then I still had to pay for food and rides to and from school. You had to pay someone to drive you to school? Yeah, because I couldn't tell the school that I was not living at home with my legal guardian or else they would report it to the DCS. So you couldn't like take a school bus? No, I couldn't take a school bus. Didn't you live with one of your peers? Yes, but you have to have the guardian like write that they're having a change of address and like prove on a mail slip that their name is at that new address. Okay. And I couldn't do any of that. So you couldn't go to school at the same time as her? Yeah, she wouldn't go to school a lot. Like, because her mom was on drugs. So, like, she didn't really go to school So it was literally just, like, a floor you were sleeping on because you wanted to keep doing the best you could do. Yes, exactly. And so I was like, yeah, her mom didn't really drive her to school much. But if she did drive her to school, I'd try to catch a ride with her. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, no, her mom wouldn't really drive her to school. And Wow. You went hustling a long time. Hustling. And, yeah, it was sad because my first period teacher didn't understand me very much. Like, she thought that I was... I guess she thought that I just was like fucking around and that I didn't want to bother to show up to her class. But my cl- that class started at 7.05 in the morning. Uh. And the period I had after that was aiding for the administration and counseling. So like I would counsel troubled children that were about to get Aww. into like fights because we had a lot of violence at our school. So they were trying to basically nip the problems in the bud before the kids started bringing guns and shit. Mm. They're like, let's try to get like them in a, a mentor room. program? Yeah. Well, not even a mentor program. Like they would basically, they would, here if someone heard about like problems between two people they would tell me and then they would say all right you're gonna go grab these two kids and you're gonna sit them down and you're gonna work out the conflict between them and mostly the kids knew like a lot of the kids in my school knew me and they knew that I wasn't a perfect child but they knew I wasn't like the worst child ever yeah so they would kind of listen to me and a lot of times like like you were cool but you also did the right stuff exactly so they were like okay like yeah she's like the bad kid but she's got a like 
assume cum laude GPA and she's got her shit mm-hmm. together so it's like we should listen to her and a lot of the times they were younger kids like freshmen sophomore juniors and I was a senior so basically my schooling the administration understood because they pulled me in one day and they were like yo so you missed 160 days this year and oh I was my like, gosh it's like half the year yeah that's what they said but they they also followed it up with you have the GPA so it doesn't really matter but also you've never missed a single day of school for three years up until this year so they're like something's up they're like so what's going on and I was like mm. I wasn't really trying to explain too much to them but I explained it to them and they were like oh no that's fine and basically it wasn't even that I missed like a full 160 days it was that I couldn't make it to school on time mm. so I would get there by like second period but, every, but they've taken attendance by then yeah a- attendance is already taken and every three tardies it counts as an absence oh uh, I and used I to get that. so many tardies that I would have Saturday school like every weekend. Yeah, because it was actually my aunt that snitched me out. My aunt oh. was like, yeah, my aunt called the school and was like, yeah, she doesn't get up. But it was because I was working like all the way until like 11 p.m. And then I would hit. So you were hostessing at a restaurant yeah. until 11. And then I would have homework from my AP classes and my college classes. So I would be up till like one, to sometimes two. And then my bus would come at like 5.15 and I would have to get up at like 4.30. So I wasn't getting any sleep. No. I mean, how could anyone? I wasn't. It was a real really not amazing time and so yeah that was all very high stress wait remind me how you ended up like out of your aunt and uncle's so my aunt and uncle they ended up getting divorced because he was cheating on her right. and then very quickly she stole my car because I just gave her the cash for it and I didn't have her sign it into my name because I trusted her she was my family you know wait so she was gonna get you a car no she had a lease and so I resumed lol but I didn't sign anything so I resumed her car payments and her insurance payments and I handed her a down payment for it yeah all my money my my little dumbass 17 year old self how would you ever know how to buy a car or lease a car when you're in high school and how am I supposed to know my family's gonna snake me out of my whole money someone you trust who has your life in their hands is gonna be the one that's gonna steal from you and treat you like dirt but on my mom's deathbed the last thing she said to me is your mom your aunt's a snake and don't trust her with anything don't especially not money she said you're gonna hate florida and go to california and i mean shit here i am wow but i didn't trust her because my mom was a drug addict too so i was like bro she's probably just capping she probably owed my aunt money and she just didn't like it but she wasn't capping like my aunt is actually when it comes to money she's not to be trusted at all like it doesn't she doesn't care if your family like at all like and for me I felt like responsible I was like oh I feel like I need to earn my keep here I feel like I'm not doing enough like I I felt like I really did owe her all this money well she did probably make you feel that way she licked me at probably like 60k totally by the time I turned 18 because she was getting money from the government she was getting a ban from the government she was getting a ban from my mom and then she also decided to have me start working and have all the money in a joint bank account which she funneled out oh my god what a con woman yeah so literally all the money that I made from working jobs while I was a minor was not there for me. I had nothing at 17 when the house was sold from underneath. Like when she had to sell the house because they got a divorce, I had nothing. I had no car. I had no savings. Well, most 17 year olds don't. Well, I would have if she would have not been stealing it. Like I would have had a car to at least sleep in and I would have had at least like five to 10K to like have for an apartment. Right. All gone. No, my mom specifically, like she went through basically the same life that I went through and she specifically put the money aside for me so that I wouldn't have to go through all the things that I ended up having to go through. Mm. But 
it's okay because like I don't know it all it all kind of worked out for the best like I'm farther financially than a lot of the people around me at that time like people that you thought were doing well like you're doing better now yeah like people who I would see their parents buy them cars I would see their parents help them get into colleges I would see their parents just congratulating them in general over things you know being like oh like you're doing really good yeah but those kids aren't really doing so well they didn't really have any motivation and that's why like a lot of the times I think back and I'm like I'm grateful yeah I'm like you know what I'm like this put a fire under my ass my whole life did a couple turns like so I wanted to be a little cookie cutter square person I wanted to be an attorney a sorority captain all of which you still could yeah and I was like I want to go to FSU and be a sorority captain and be an attorney and I started to actually like realize that when you're in a sorority number one you're paying for your friends a luxury I didn't I couldn't afford at that point number two it's very expensive yes it's like 30 grand Mm -hmm. to pay for your friends yeah and I realized like when I saw my friends who were in sororities like they're like oh yeah most of these girls we're not actually friends with it's only like two or three I'm like so you're paying 30,000 a semester or some shit to have like two or three actual friends but to look cool yeah well then I think it's also you put it on your resume and then other people that were in the same yeah that's what they try to say they're like oh yeah and then you can put it on your resume and in the future we'll be able to help you I'm like are you though are you yeah are you can you show me the person that's gonna help me me? because if they're already out there can I see the job that's lined up for me right now because I don't think it and then also I realized like it wasn't the little fantasy that everyone else portrayed like you can't just go to college unless you have funding for the college right so and and it's not like I was stupid but I wasn't getting scholarships Mm -hmm. you got to be basically a prodigy because I remember I thought I was the stupidest thing in the world because I had like a 3.8 or 3.9 oh my god I was two points away from a 4.0 but I couldn't get the 4.0 no matter how fucking hard I tried and I it was like I just gave up and then it was like I met kids that they didn't even have just 4.0s they had 4.5s they had 5.0 weighted and unweighted yeah that's when it's weighted and but it was like that shit killed me because I just wanted to get a scholarship and go to like the school and be the cookie cutter and then I realized I was like that's not what it is going to be for me like I can go to a community college Mm -hmm. but I'm going to have to be a waitress and work a regular job like I'm not you have to play the cards you were dealt yeah I I had to play the cards I was dealt and it started hitting super hard and I remember I told my friend the one who I was sleeping on her floor I was like I got fired from my job. The hostessing job. Well, I got blackmailed out of it technically because the girl, yeah, the girl I was working with, she knew that the girl that I was staying with was cheating on her boyfriend at the time. Wait, so the friend of yours from high school that you lived with? Yeah, she was cheating on her boyfriend. Cheating on her boyfriend and your coworker. Yeah, she knew about it and she didn't like me and we had gotten into a fight and she was like, if you don't quit this job, I'm going to call Kaz and tell him about everything that she did. What? Yeah. Over this hostessing job? No, it was more just because she was mad at me. We had been friends for a long time and like I was getting abused and because I was getting abused and I was, I got my car stolen and I was homeless. Like Like, everything everything. shitty just kept piling on you. Yes, and I was 17 and it was just a lot for me to deal with at once. a lot for anyone, especially a child. Exactly, and I was literally a baby. It was tough and I was, I remember I didn't get my period for like four or five months. From stress or from being not eating? Well, probably both because, but I thought I was pregnant. So I was at that girl's house, my coworker's house. And I I told her, I was like, I haven't got my period in like five months. And she was like, she had had a uh, abortion when she was 16 and we had been best friends for, since I was probably like eight. And when she had her abortion, I was like, 
y'all be here whatever you want to do like if you want to raise it we'll raise it if you don't you don't that's okay i'm still gonna be your friend and love you like we're gonna make it through this like you're such a better friend to people than they are, they are to you yes and then when i told her that i might be pregnant her immediate response was either get the fuck out of my house or go get an abortion wait what yeah that and that pissed me off and she wasn't even at home and i was like yo what the fuck i was like I just remember I was like, what the fuck? I was like, that was not how I treated you. I was like, that's not how I treated you. And I don't know how I feel about this. And she she hated You're my- welcome for being a shoulder you can cry on. Yeah, she hated my boyfriend at the time because he was abusive and he wasn't a great guy. So she was like, you're a fucking dumbass. Like, if you choose to have this man's child, like, get the fuck out of my house, basically. And it was like, I already had bruises on me. I was already going through it. So I was like, man, I just need a friend right now. What more can a person take? Yeah, it was bad. And- yeah, I just lost like basically all my family and I was just like not living my best life at all. And it's and- amazing to see how far you've come. Honestly, like it's I think it's good for people to hear that you were in that spot and how amazing your life is right now because we're sitting out on your amazing balcony in L.A., like yes like we can it. just sip a cocktail and we're about to move to beverly hills like everything works out it's just you know what book i read a lot things aren't permanent feelings aren't no, permanent nothing's permanent the good things aren't permanent the bad things aren't permanent and when i was a kid i would read this book called the child called it i don't know if you've ever heard of that book <gasps> i had to read that in middle school and it yeah. was the saddest fucking book in it's the world it's a really sad story is that the one where they would like hold him under the water and stuff yeah and, like, they would hold him under the water the they cold would water with ice they like, would do a lot of really torturous things to him and that book really got me through a lot because I every time that I would be going through abusive situations like with my mother she would be torturing me and then when I moved to Florida and it was basically the same situation I was just like it wasn't even that I wasn't alone because I knew that this happened to a lot of kids. I knew yeah. that this was because I had foster siblings. So I knew it wasn't that I wasn't the only kid that this happened to. I knew it was kind of like a prevalent thing. Like my mom would tell me, there's the door. And if you think there's a better place for you, you could just walk out at, mm. at any point in time. And I knew she really wasn't lying because like, yeah, there's better homes, but you can't just walk up to like a nice suburban home and be like, hey, you want to adopt me? Yeah, like, can you be my mom? Can you start? be my mom? And it's like, that's I wanted to do that so bad when I was a kid. So many times, like I would go to sleepovers and I would just think like I wish I was your kid so bad and I wish I could just stay here forever and I wouldn't want to leave but I was like you know what that's not that's not my life and these aren't the cards I was dealt so we got to just deal with what we got Mm -hmm. and I would read that book a child called it over and over and over again because a lot of people they would say to me as a kid they'd be like you're gonna grow up to be really fucked up and you're not you're gonna kill yourself by the time you're 21 or yeah manifest destiny yeah because but I kind of understand because statistically most of us don't make it past 21 with the with the with setup that we were yeah given yeah. yeah statistically kids like me we do end up either incarcerated or overdosed and or murdered and so like that was I knew that but was But you had that was school real. and academics going for you that's the difference My mom she wasn't a great mom but the only thing she cared about was for me, she didn't love me unless I was smart. So I was like, I just got to be really smart. So that actually helped me like a lot. But it was just, it was stress in life. But Definitely. yeah, I don't know. It all built me to where I was. And I feel like it's good for me because yeah, all my other friends, they don't have that stress. Like, and that's why now I'm farther than them in life. Because yeah. when they were just chilling, eating fruit snacks, like I was sitting there thinking I had to like get my mom out of credit card debt. 
you know, and how to like see my next meal. Exactly. Like you had to hustle. Like inst- like you could either lay back and feel bad for yourself and be like, oh, I'm homeless. I'm not going to do and, anything. Yeah. And it's like you don't have to let it break you. Like that book that I read, I would always look at him because I remember I thought I was like, maybe everyone's right. Maybe I am probably not going to be able to cope with everything that I have been through because shit is a little bit hefty. But then I would look at this author and I'm like, look, at he's successful he's a worldwide author new york times bestseller new york times bestseller (laughs) every child has to read this book in school little did he know while he was going through that he's gonna change people yeah that he was gonna be a light for people like he doesn't know me he has no idea who i am but his book and his experience helped me go through my experiences and it inspired me yeah yeah and it showed me because i remember thinking because it's hard like a lot of people it's hard to have idols when all your idols have had a different set of cards than you right but he was an easy idol for me to have because I was like we've had the same set of cards Mm. if you can do it there's no excuse for me not being able to do it yeah that's amazing and it's awesome that you own your own story too and that's why I'm so unapologetic when I talk on my podcast and stuff because I'm like I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of and there's this Marianne Williamson quote that says like when you let your own light shine you subconsciously give other people permission to do so yes so like I know that like if I talk about the embarrassing shit that happened to me and stuff that like I thought really defined me as like a bad kid and a bad person like if someone listening felt like that or they're going through something then like no, that's not defining you. And that's how I feel. Even with my stories too, people be like, wow, you really just put your whole life out there. And I'm like, you know why? Is because if it can help just one person, mm-hmm. if one person sees my story and is like, wow, that I relate to that and that helped me a lot. Okay, thank you. Then that's all I care about. All other 200, 300, however many people, I don't care. As long as it just helps one or two people, that's all I care about. And I get a lot of messages from people saying like, yo, thank you. Like you've actually helped me a lot with like just advice or perspective and things and just being honest about like your life because I don't just post the make a movie about your life. A lot of people have said this. I really think that you should like find someone who writes screenplays. The guy that I was telling you about, the one who is all mysterious and married, he's been pushing me to do this for the past 15 months that I've been with him. To write a screenplay? A book, a screenplay, and a reality show. He was a reality like, show? He was like, because your life, it's crazy. Like, the reality is literally stranger than fiction with you. And I was like, I know. Yeah. There's two people that I really looked up to in my childhood, and it was... Uh, Richard Branson. Oh, Virgin. Yeah, the Virgin Mobile and Virgin Airlines and the Virgin Islands. Those are all him. And he's dyslexic. He came from a very normal background. And people told him... Like, oh, yeah, you're dyslexic. Like, you're not you're not going to be able to read. You're not going to be mm-hmm. everything. Almost every single thing he wanted to do in life, they told him, oh, you can't do this. Like, when he went and he toured his islands, he didn't even have money for them. Wow. And this is something that stuck with me as a kid. I was like, just because I might not have the means to do what I want to do doesn't mean that I shouldn't dream it yet. Like, it doesn't mean that I shouldn't take steps towards it. Just because I can't afford it doesn't mean I'm not going to look at it. Because it's like, that's all steps towards it. That's amazing that you've always had that in your mind and not books. Yeah, that's (laughs) That's what it was. Because I read his book and the book's called Screw It, Let's Do It. And there's so many cases in that book where he would just get an idea and he'd be like, all right, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. And then he would just do it. Like, when he went to go tour the islands and the people were always condescending. Mm -hmm. Like, when he was in the helicopter touring the islands, they were like, so what's your budget and he was like oh I don't have a budget and they got pissed they're like Mm -hmm. you're wasting our time and he was Mm -hmm. like no I'm actually gonna buy these like I'm interested in looking at them and they're like 
you're not. And guess who now owns them? Yeah. And it's like, just because you don't have a plan, like, doesn't mean anything. Like, I'm a big Disney fan. I'm cheesy. Like, there's a couple, like, certain things that really, like, keep me. And Disney was one of them. Like, well, Disney created Disney during the Great Depression. Mm. And his whole slogan is, if you can dream it, you can do it. So it's like, if you can just visualize it, it doesn't matter if you don't know the first. Is that something he said? Yeah. If you can dream it, you can do it. Oh. Yeah. That's by Disney. And so it's like, if you can literally just, like, visualize it. Even though you might not know the first step or the second step or whatever steps it's going to be to get there, if you can visualize it, that's the first step to getting there. It's amazing. And I was like, you know, I was like, I visualize a life where I'm not here and I'm just different than my family. I'm not going to make all the same mistakes as them. And so I just... You're not going to like... I'm not going to fall down all the same paths. It's like like generational curses that they were just falling into, basically. Yeah, I was going to say it's like a cycle until you break it. Yeah, because like a lot of my family had opportunities to have money or they had money at a point in time and then they just sabotaged sabbed it. it yeah like literally self-sabotaged it so well and they it was because think that they deserved it or i think it's because uh they're sicilian so like counseling was very not a thing oh yeah not a thing at all so most like, cultures are yeah. not into like no, i don't need a therapist not like, into therapy they think that's like white people shit and honestly sometimes it is but therapy is really important yes like it is a science and it's really important like I wouldn't be who I am if I hadn't been to a really good counselor and it wasn't I went to probably 10 to 13 different counselors but it was the one that made a difference Mm -hmm. for me and she really like taught me a lot so when people are like oh therapy is not important I'm like no it is important or else you're gonna make the same mistakes that your family made yeah you can get all the money in the world but if addiction or self-sabotaging things run in your family you're gonna do the same thing mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter so that's I was all like, you know because that's all you know so yeah I got my ass in therapy at 18 and I was just that's like, amazing yeah, I was like no we're not doing all did that. you like do that all on your own like decide I'm gonna find a therapist I didn't like the like path I was going down and it was like I was so sick of not having anyone to give me good advice advice or anyone that's a like a pillar of yes anyone who's strength yes a pillar of strength an unbiased opinion with actual sense Mm. and so when not abusing you not yeah there's um, not um what do you call it there's not a motive motive yeah when they're helping you and it's like even your friends they might they might really just be giving you the best advice they can give you but they only know what they know they're not a professional right exactly so if you can just really if you can afford to it's best to just go to a professional because it's like all those traumas are not going to go away no nope. you got to deal with they're going to get you more gotta- and more louder and louder and louder in your head and that, yes and like what you were saying about oh you're so confident in who you are i was so unconfident in who i was because my whole life i was a abused so severely to not be yeah like it seemed like everything I did was wrong and it would result in just people hating me and I was like you know I tried to be something that I wasn't like I wanted to get dreadlocks and tattoos and just be a little hippie and I didn't want to care creative yeah and just be creative and do pottery and do things that make me happy like what you're supposed to do in life like as a kid yeah or just like whatever makes you happy you know yeah like like hobbies hobbies things that literally yourself exactly like those were the things I was interested in and but I was forcing myself into another box and I realized really quickly I was like, this isn't who I am. And I was just trying to hide who I was. Once I became a sugar baby, I was very, because Cardi B was not in the scene at this point, really. 
I was ashamed. I was a very ashamed. That's like the best word for it because I remember I couldn't even get the word out of my mouth. Like I couldn't even be like, oh, I'm a sugar baby. Like I couldn't even like tell people like I was so ashamed and I would try to lie to people and I would try to like. What would you say to people if they asked like, oh, how did you get that money? Like, I would just lie. I would be like, oh, I picked up an extra shift or a relative sent it to me or something. I would just lie and lie and lie. having to lie all the time. Cause and I'm not a good liar. Yeah, I don't like I'm lying. I'm the worst liar. So that's why I'm so open about everything. <laughs> I just can't lie. I'm not going to lie. That's literally it. I'm like, it's it's not even like, it's just mostly because I'm bad at lying. So it's just easier for me to tell the truth. And like you said, people get caught up in their lies. And I saw that. It was like, you know, it's easier for me to just tell you the truth. And either you're going to accept me for who I am and you're going to be like, okay, and that's gonna be it, and I'll be able to be me, or I'm gonna have to put on this fake personality all day, every day, and you're gonna like me for somebody who I'm really not. Yeah. And it's like, what's the point in that? And I did that for a while because I didn't want to lose all my friends and the life, the life that I did have. But then I was like, if you were my real friends, this, this wouldn't, wouldn't be a deal breaker. Our friendship. This wouldn't, yeah, this wouldn't change anything. Yeah. And then I realized I was like, what are you guys doing in life, really? Right. I'm like, you're over here dating. Um, Joe Blow who sells like 20 sacks and yeah. wants you to move to the trailer park Ugh. and you're trying to shit on me because I'm dating a 50 year old who's helping me get into school and teaching mm-hmm. me how to run a business and how taxes work yeah so when you were in high school these older men were knowingly yes. being intimate with you yes I remember I had one guy he was specifically he was such a pedophile he was very creepy literally oh a, a just absolute pedophile he was like I remember he, I showed him my ID and he was like, you're not 18. And I was like, I'm not. He was like, how old are you? And I was like, I'm 17. And he mm. was like, okay. And he was, was like. his name Jeffrey Epstein? <laughs> right? <laughs> Literally. I was like, um. Florida. Florida vibes. Florida vibes. And it was like we were in broad daylight at a sub or at a Starbucks, actually. And people would see me. Sometimes the kids from my school would see me. On, oh, my gosh. Yes. And they would be like, oh, I saw you with your employer. <gasps> That's why I didn't say anything. So I would just go with it. I'd be like, yeah, I was talking to my boss. Oh, my God. Wait, so did kids in school know? Yes, because this little piece of shit, <laughs> this little piece of shit, yeah, you can tell how much I love that man. He was horrible, actually. He stalked me, and then, like, he was just, he was a very bad story. Here's The a sugar story. daddy guy? Yeah. So, because I was 17, I was new to the streets. I was what pimps and a lot of madams in the game call renegade because I didn't have anybody managing me. I didn't have nobody running me. Yeah, they call them renegade. And it's basically like not a they don't like you when you're renegade. Like the pimps don't like you when you're renegade because they want to make money. Because they you. want you to need them. Yeah, they want you to need them. And they also they it shows other girls that they could just that they do don't need them. That either. they don't need them either, literally. Yeah. But I didn't I just knew that I wasn't trying to get into none of that. I just wanted to go yeah. on lunch dates. And it just started escalating. Because obviously I was dead broke. And my friend's mom my friend told me she was like, if you don't get my mom the thousand dollars, like cause she was like, you're not making enough money. You got to get her more money or else she's going to kick you out. You had to give your friend's mom money to stay in her house? Yes. And I was sleeping on the floor and I was gone. And you had to give her $1,000? Yes. Get this. I, and I, yeah, get this. And I had to give her $1,000 a month and I wasn't to even allowed. sleep on the floor of a crack house? Yes. Couldn't eat any food. 
Um, <gasps> I could take one shower a day and they did not like me being there. So I would have my abusive boyfriend pick me up on like a Thursday. I would miss Friday of school, stay with him all <gasps> weekend in Tampa and then come back on like a Monday or a Tuesday so that like I wasn't bothering them too much. But so I could still graduate high school. Wow. Yeah. It was a lot. Fucking exhausting. It was exhausting. And he lived in Tampa, which was two and a half hours away. Yeah. So I was driving hella. Do you like look back and say like, how did I ever do that? Or do you still feel? (laughs) Yeah. That's what it was. Because I was. Were you using? Yeah. I was was using a lot of coke. And I was just like, because that was the only way I could stay up. I was like, I just thought that my whole life depended upon success. I thought that maybe if I could get the 4.0 or if I could... I don't know. I don't know what I thought. I thought that somehow, some way, my family was going to love me if I could just do something. If mm-hmm. I could just do one more accolade or something. And it was like, it was really never going to be enough. Right. It was like, yeah, but that was obviously, your but feeling. that was my logic for it. And so I was just pushing myself super hard. And like then, if I just do this, then they'll love me. If I just do this, then they'll yes, love me. Then I will be successful in their eyes. Then I'll be a good kid in their eyes. Mm-hmm. Then And then I was just like, okay, I'm never going to be successful in your eyes. You made me homeless. So it's fuck you right. till the end. She knew that I was literally going out on dates to pay her the money she claimed she owed That's me. That's sickening. So it was almost like my family knew they were pimping They were me. pimping you out. It's like, what was that song by Sublime? It's like, Danny is 12 years old and tomorrow she'll be a whore nobody ever told her it's the wrong way don't be afraid at the quickness you'll get laid for your family get paid it's the wrong way oh shit yeah sublime knows sublime knows a thing or fucking too because it's like straight up like your family like a lot of families don't care bro they don't care they don't care so selfish they would see a half a million dollar house cars boats Mm -hmm. everything and so they would think what could be wrong Mm-hmm. Oh, they're only pimping their child to get there. That is disgusting. Ugh. Those are like the scum of the earth type people. And I had a lot of hate in my heart because of that. And I realized that. Oh, was, I can imagine. Yeah, it was really hard for me to process because also like I remember the psychiatrist told me they said it's really important after my mom died. They're like, it's really important that you're in a good household right now because your childhood was not good. So if you don't get like a good foundation now, it's going to really be bad. And I kind of see what they were saying because it's like, that's called at-risk youth. When you don't have anybody to watch you, you're really susceptible to predators, yes, gangs, being groomed by anyone, whether it's a gang, a sugar daddy, a predator of any sort, you're very susceptible because you have nobody else there for you. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely fell into this very quickly. And that guy I went on the date with, he was uh, he was scary. the old guy. Yeah, he was it, from the start. It was horrible. He didn't want to get out of the car. So wait, how did you meet him? Seeking arrangements. OK, so he knowingly is meeting a 17 year old or he yeah. thought you were 18. Well, no, he thought I was 18, but then he said not that it makes that much of a difference. Please. I showed him the ID and I admitted that I wasn't 18. He didn't care. Ugh. So wait till what he says. That's, this is really going to disgust you. I remember this part disgusted me. This man was into child pornography because he would literally ask to take pictures of me. He would be like, can I take pictures of you? So somewhere like of there, your body. Yeah. Of me like sucking his dick. <gasps> yeah. So he was making child porn. Yeah. It's out there somewhere. He made child porn. Yeah. I actually I know where probably his... sharing it with a lot of people. Yeah. And it's, it wasn't the first time because he was showing me other pictures of other girls. Oh, my God. Yeah. This man, he's somewhere in South Florida. I, I know where his house is. I can't remember his name, but yeah, 
I just know where this little piece of shit lives in South Florida somewhere on a canal. Fucking child pornographer. Creep. Yeah. And he, he gets his rocks off to it, literally. Like, literally. He His exact words, he dropped me off at high school one day. Oh, my God. The most disgusting thing. This is how hard my life was. I was busting tricks before going to school. <laughs> Explain what busting tricks means. So I was literally, like, going to this man's house to suck his dick and then having to go to school and have this trick drop me off So he's school. the trick for the listeners. Yeah, That's what that means. <laughs> God, you wake up in the morning, suck an old man dick, and then go to school. Yeah. Poor girl. And but then, you were, like, making it work. like Because I had to, and I wasn't telling nobody. And the only person I told shit, was my... so hard to keep like to yourself it was super hard and I told the only person I could tell was my one best friend because I, I needed to tell somebody where my location was I needed to be able to share oh, my location right that's smart yeah so I needed to tell one person and that one girl ended up getting jealous it was the girl I was living with and she called the police and she literally had her mother and her both call the police and snitch dropped a full dime what dropped a full dime somebody drops the dime on you it just means that they're snitching on you like they snitch you out on everything oh so she snitched me out on everything that i was doing but but thank god by that point the i was fucking 18. police i was 18 at that point thank god you know we'll get back to her actually we're gonna continue with the pedophile dude okay yes yeah so this guy um I remember so he pulls up he doesn't want to go he doesn't want to even get out of the car and I was like this is a date you need to get out of the car where were you guys at Starbucks okay he didn't even want to get out of the car so red flags are going up for me I was like this seems weird he gets out of the car and he has like something wrong with his arm like some type of deformity uh, something happened to it and he was like this is why I don't like to be outside like I I don't feel comfortable with people seeing me like I'm like I'm like like limp or something and I was like bro nobody cares about your fucking limp arm like chill out and he was like well can we go home like can we go to my house now and I was like sure and so I remember it was for fucking eight hundred dollars and he not was not bad like, yeah not bad and I was like for my little 17 year old self and he had already paid me three hundred dollars so it was basically a thousand yeah like over like uh, yeah 1100 i mean you were being raped and he was an old man but yeah but you know charge it to the game what is it right i'm screwing live and learn <laughs> capitalism get fucked like <laughs> i swear all right so i i was just uh oh, remind me to ask you when you lost your virginity oh yes i, I actually lost it at 16 because i was just a little nerd and um yeah, so this man, he pulls in, and I could tell he was sketchy from the jump. He pulls in, he was like, nobody can see you. And he pulls in, he's like, don't get out of the car. He waits till the garage door closes. And that's when I sent my friend my location. I was like, yo, something's up. I was like, yeah. this man's scaring me. He said that nobody can see that I'm here. And so basically nobody does know that I just walked in this man's house. Like no neighbors just witnessed anything. Like he Shit. pulled in his garage and he made sure to make me stay in the car till the garage door closed. That's then, scary as fuck. Then we enter his house and he closes all the blinds immediately. Oh yeah, and I was like, "Oh, this is fucked." Okay. I was like, "This were is you good. like?" I started getting scared. I was scared as shit. I was so scared. This was my only. This was my second date I'd been on. I was super scared. Yeah, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Do you think he was gonna like kill you? Yeah, I thought he was gonna kill me. I thought I was gonna end up like a Jeffrey Dahmer bitch in somebody's freezer or some shit. You know, like I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die." So I 
suck his dick and then he's like i can't believe i'm like uh i'm with a fucking high schooler like da 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 da. he was like can i take a picture of you and i was like you can record as long as like my full face isn't in it but i'm pretty sure he got my fucking full face in it he should have taken your advice because (laughs) yeah he should have honestly he really fucking should have and i was like i'm really not trying to do all that and he was just like do it do it like he's like look at all the other girls he was like i just collect it and i was like okay whatever for like his spank bank yeah oh yeah and so i was like okay whatever and so mind you after this he goes actually i'm pissed off why the fuck did i pay you so much money for a blowjob and i was like bro because that's that's what i told you yeah like that, that was, was the deal discussed. that's the that was the deal we discussed i'm 17 like that was what we discussed yeah. and he was like and i said that and that's when he like basically knew he couldn't do shit and he was just like he just started getting pissed and he started yelling at me and he was like you know what he was like i want you to clean and i was like okay what? i was like what do you want me to yeah and me being such a little child like i was like like a grown-up is yelling at I me just, yeah i just wanted to go home and he was my only ride home and he was like i'm not gonna go he was like you can't go home until you clean the sheets until you make the bed you clean the kitchen and you do the laundry and i was super scared i was like okay so i cleaned the kitchen yeah, I cleaned the kitchen, I cleaned the sheets, and he starts screaming at me. He's like, you're not good for anything. He's <gasps> like, he was like, you're horrible at everything. He's like, look at the way that you made my bed. I can have made my bed better. What I was like, fucking psycho. And me being a little fucking snarky bitch, I was like, yeah, with that fucking limp arm you got, go ahead and try. Oh my literally, God. Like, literally, I was like, you know what, fuck you at this point. You've like, always had it in you. I started getting real mad, and I had a knife what on me. What a fucking me. creepy, psycho bastard. I like want to fucking murder that guy. And like, I he does this to young girls probably still is doing it and i needed to be home by seven o'clock because at that point i was already kicked out of that girl's house that i was sleeping on the floor and i was staying with my boyfriend at the time's grandmother who was really senile and i was taking care of her because she would like pee herself and i would need to change oh my god you had so much responsibility yeah so i was like i gotta get home like i don't want her worrying and i just gotta check on her i was like i gotta Mm -hmm. be home by seven and she was so nice like because nobody else was gonna take me in and then dylan called her and he was like you gotta you gotta like take my girlfriend because she's homeless right now like Mm. and there's nothing and it's kind of my fault because it wasn't even my fault he was the one that called my friend and started yelling at her and i was like why would you yell at her and he was like i don't know yelling at her about what about her like being mean to me and just being jealous and i was like why would you do that i was like i told you that she has tantrums i was like i told you that she has tantrums and then she kicked me out and she called the police and so i had to go stay with his grandma so i needed to be home by seven and literally this guy goes well you can't leave until the laundry's done and i turn the laundry on and i go back and he turned it off so now what? it's like yeah so now it's 7 30 and the laundry is not moving and i was like so i tell him i was like yo i was like what's the fuck kind of sick game i don't know he, what is- he was playing at but it almost got him stabbed because i literally was like i walked in the house i want to find out this motherfucker's name i want to find out the fucker's name too honestly like it's like i have photographic memory so it's like if we went to cape coral i would be able to literally drive to the man's house he lives on a fucking canal and he has a boat in the back yeah i know like everything like i remember everything like yeah and anyways so yeah this fucking piece of shit he got a mercedes blacked out benz and sick fuck and um he was like this was the last time i saw him but like 
he literally would he would love to drop me off at school but the last time i saw him I literally was like yeah he would get so excited Ooh, to drop me off at school oh my god that's like he making my like, vagina like clench in not a good way right no yeah, in like a uh, like in like a vomit <laughs> way i yeah. feel you so good like bro and it was like people would see me getting dropped off in these nice ass cars and they'd be like oh alita's living her best life like oh. they'd see me in designer because my boyfriend's family at the time they felt bad for him abusing me so they were giving me like cashmere and gold mm. and diamonds and so on the outside everything looked real good because i wasn't telling oh. anybody about what the reality of what it was right and so yeah from the outside everything always normally looks good with my life and so yeah so this is all like the same high school kids that you grew up with yes are all watching this happen yeah they're all watching this happen were they like, wow, you got a nice glow up? And well, no, no, they were not like that at all. Uh, actually, what was the like consensus about what was going on? I turned into what's that movie with Emma Stone where she puts the A on? Easy A. Yeah, I turned into that basically. Oh my god! Everyone hated me. The Scarlet. I turned into the Scarlet Letter. Everyone at school. So once my friend dropped that dime and told the police, she mm. just started telling everyone at that point because she didn't care. And so the whole school finds out at that point. But yeah, that was a great time. But basically what brought the police in was the part where I was 17. No, with that dude, he never got caught. I never snitched on him either. And like, I remember I should have because literally, I don't know what weird shit he was up to, but I remember the last time I saw him. He showed you child porn and he made child porn yes. with you. And the last time, and it was he was holding me hostage in his house. And he held you hostage. Yeah. And I literally had to pull a knife on him to get him to drive me home. God. I literally was like, I was started getting really scared. He tried to, he was like, here, smoke a blunt. And I started, I hit the blunt two times. Had you smoked weed before? Yes. I had smoked weed since I was 14. So I knew something was wrong with this blunt. Oh. Yeah. So I put this shit down real quick because I could tell that he had laced it with something. <gasps> so not only, so I put the blunt down and then I go inside and I was like, no, I was like, bro, I was like, you need to take me home right now. And he was like, well, the, the laundry isn't done. This is the switch I have. It's either real nice or real fucking mean. Yeah. And the switch flipped so quick on that motherfucker. I was like, oh, your laundry? I was like, cause I look like a fucking maid to you. I was like, is that what my job description is to you? I was like, yo, I did above and beyond my fucking job and you can go do your own fucking laundry Get by a job yourself. In prison maybe they'll let you work yeah i was like you can go fold all your sheets and wash all your dishes with your limp arm by your fucking self and i literally took out a knife and i was like and i will gut you like a fucking turkey if you don't take me home and take me to the bank right now Good and he was you. just like calm down and i was like no nah, i'm not gonna calm down i was like no nah. i was like we're not calming down and i just held the knife and he was like all right let's go to the car and and he took me to the garage he went he didn't say a word we drove to the bank he got my money and then he dropped me off off. And then Same was that like the last time you saw him? Yes, because he started stalking me after that. <gasps> so later on that night, or it maybe it was a night or two later, so I stopped messaging him. Mm -hmm. And I'm still on Seeking, and I get a message from a different account that says, hey, would you like to meet up at Starbucks? And I was like, I'm busy The tonight. same Starbucks? Yeah, the same Starbucks. Or they're like, we want to go on a date. And I was like, oh, I was like, uh, I can't tonight. I was like, but they're like, yeah, do you want to go to Starbucks? And I was like, no, I can't tonight. I have school. Like... Uh, we can maybe hang out tomorrow. And at this point, I was walking the little old lady's dog, and it was seven o'clock out night at night, and I was probably like five hundred to a thousand yards away from the house. Mm -hmm. And as I was texting him, as I was texting the person I a new date I thought supposedly air quotes, the new date texts me, "That's a nice dog you have." Yeah. What? So he literally made a new account, pretending to be someone, pretending else. to be a new date. 
And not only that, he was literally stalking me because I would get dropped off blocks away from my house so that like I was hoping to protect the people that I was living with so that like just in case any of these people were fucking crazy like that, they wouldn't know who where I was and who I was staying with. Yeah, you've always been like really smart and thoughtful about yeah, things. Yeah, like I've always tried to be thoughtful and like not fuck up anybody else's life as bad as like mine is getting yeah. fucked, you know? Like, like that you've was, always really tried. had good intentions for the people around you. I really have, but somebody said to me, they're like, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, so you gotta watch it. And I was like, that's true. That's true. Cause that's honestly what's fucked me with most of my life is it's my good intentions and trying to help people that's fucked me over. Oh. Yeah, with this, I was like trying to be good. And so, yeah, no, but I was still like a thousand yards away from my house and this man was somewhere, I don't know where, because I looked around and it was pitch dark. Like there was no cars out. So this man was somewhere watching me. Disturbing. Yes. And so I got off. That's like a horror movie. Yeah. So I ran to my, I picked the little dog up and I ran back to his grandma's house. And it was actually really sad because his grandma, like his grandma, she was like, you know, you spend more time with me than my own family does. Oh. And she counseled, um, she counseled domestic abuse victims. And she was like, my grandson is never going to change. And this is just going to get worse and worse and worse for you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I think he's going to change. I think he's going to grow out of him. it. I'll change him. Not even. I was like, he'll grow out of it. It's he has just so much phase. potential. He has so much potential. He's such a great guy. Yeah. It's not that women think they can change someone. It's that they fall in love with the version of the, like what that they person could in, be. It's the love bombing because they'll love bomb oh, you. Oh, yeah. And the narcissistic. be the perfect person for three months. So in your mind, you always think... You think back to that. You know what they can be. Exactly. So you think, oh, they can go back to that. This is just a phase. They're not always like this. No, baby, they're going to get worse. And that's exactly what she told me. She was like, it's going to get worse and worse and it's not going to get better. And I remember like, yeah, she would like she would like pee on herself and she would just be like embarrassed. But like my mom was a hospice worker, basically. So I would I was used to like helping her. And I remember I was just like, yo, you don't have to be embarrassed about this. Like I was like, you're you're old you're dying. Like, I was like yeah I was like you're elderly I was like and you've helped a lot of people so now it's time for people to help you yeah. and she was just like I just remember she was just like really Feel embarrassed like a burden. yeah she she just felt embarrassed and I was like listen I was like I wouldn't have anywhere to go right now if it wasn't for you so I don't Aww. care I was like I don't care I was like I will change your diapers like I don't give a fuck and two weeks after I moved out she died wow oh she probably died of a broken heart from you leaving I think it was also just loneliness like yeah like her family didn't visit her much. Like my boyfriend didn't visit her much. Like, and you're probably like stimulating her mind and yeah, you cared about her. She could like count on you to always come back. Yeah. And like I would sit there and chat with her and like, yeah, she was she was the sweetest woman. And so that was like that kind of helped me a lot because I also was starting to feel so down at that point. She was like, you're smart. She was like, don't let all this get to you because she knew the situation that was happening with my aunt, too. Mm. And that's why I had to be there because like. My aunt originally tried to make me homeless in like December and God. we went to her and Dylan was like, yo, like, can she stay with you? Because her aunt says that she can't come home. And all I had. Was there a reason for why your aunt decided that? Um, She's just bipolar. No, because I went away for like a week for Christmas to his family's because she would never buy me presents. And yeah. she said she didn't want me around that Christmas anyways. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go spend Christmas with his family. And they bought me presents. Yeah. And I, it was like the first christmas i'd ever gotten like real presents and Aww. shit and i was just so grateful i remember i was like so fucking happy like i'd never like been so excited before that's so sweet yeah it was really sweet like i'm i'm forever indebted to 
that family like because they were just the kindest family to me like literally just like a real family yeah yeah they were a real family to me and like they never once were like oh what our son is doing is okay they always were like we're really sorry wow they were always like we're really sorry and then sorry, even we have a sociopath for a son mm -hmm. but you're great i don't think he's a sociopath because he does feel feelings i think he's just severely like mentally ill like i don't know what type of ill though it's it might be bpd or something i don't know if i hung out with him i would be able to tell in like one day i can always diagnose people he's uh normally very happy like he's like the nicest friend he's like could, a narcissist he's the nicest friend you could ever have but you don't want to be his girlfriend yeah. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's a narcissist, it's totally. It's going to be a different side you're going to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you're never going to be number one because he's always number one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, basically. But it's like, it's sad he's because- gonna we're stop complimenting the things that he used to compliment you on. Mm -hmm. Like, And that's like how, that's how forgiving of a person I am now after like therapy and shit. It's like almost every single person like that, I've forgiven them and- you really had to do some extra, extra shit for me to not be on speaking terms with you. Like, mm -hmm. I messaged him, like, he messaged me just the other day to check up on me and see how I was doing. And I messaged him, and, like, we're civil. Wow. Literally. That's huge, because the, I still have boyfriends that, but I'm a Taurus, so I'm really stubborn. Yeah, my ex is a Taurus, and he won't speak to me because I fucked it up. I know how y'all work. I know how y'all work. I, I'm never going to forget. No, it's no forgetting with y'all. There's no going back. And it's like I can't even help it. No, yeah, that's the same way it was with him. I tried to fix it. There's no fixing that. And I was like, What's your sign? I'm an Aries. Oh, yeah, I think I knew that about and you. And normally people say, like, Aries make, like, the best friends. They're they're really loyal, like, severely loyal people. But it's like we also get really angry But because it's like if we're that loyal to you, like, why aren't you that loyal to yes. us? Yes, I can see that in Aries. Yeah. That's a big Aries trait. It's like, yeah, it's like I'm doing all of this for my friends, but, like, yeah for you and that's where you have to learn to stop and take like basically inventory and be like well how much does that person do for me should i do something for them yeah or not expect anything in return literally my sugar daddy he sometimes he's not always a pain in the ass and he teaches me good things and that was one of the things he said he was like you have to understand that not everyone is gonna be able to like he's like you have a set of rules and not everyone's gonna know those rules mm -hmm. or live by those rules he's like so like you you don't fuck people over but that might not mean that's how everybody else is and i was like oh that's true he's like and you expect people to live by the same set of rules and morals that you live by mm -hmm. and it surprises you when they don't and i was like that's so true i was like it does hit me i was like it hits me when they do things to me that i would have never done to them yeah and that's when it's so much more hurtful is when like someone treats you in a way that you would never treat someone. The girl that called the police on me in high school, I defended her for four years. All of high school, she was bullied. All of high school, people tried to come for her. And I was the quote unquote popular crowd. And mm -hmm. every single time they would try to come for her, I'd always be like, you don't know anything about her. You don't know her mm -hmm. home life. And she's a nice girl and you need to shut the fuck up and mind your own business. Yeah. And look at where that got me. Well, at least, you know, in the end, it's between you and God. Straight up. And in the end, I'm doing way better. And where is she? Not doing so hot. Yeah. And that's what I had to look. I had to really, really have faith. I started having like a lot of faith and I started going to church more and just praying every single day. Mm. Right 
right around the time I was 18. And I was like, yeah, I'm wow. just going to pray every single day because I had like a miracle worked for me. And I remember I was homeless and I was in a hotel and I had like 24 hours left till I was like literally about to be under a bridge. And I like was, murdered or like no, sleeping under a bridge. Sleeping. Yeah, just sleeping because I had a, I was just like, damn, I was like, bro, I was like, I don't know what to do. And I, I started praying and I was sitting in the bathroom praying and praying and praying. Oh. And all of a sudden I was I got a message from a sugar daddy and he was like, here he's like facetime me and i facetimed me i facetimed him and he was like why are you in a hotel like why are you crying on the bathroom floor well he first thing you know is, well of course me i'm like we can't we can't let him see us sweat so i know i know i was makeup, just kidding look all cute <laughs> i've definitely been there before like <laughs> smoking a cigarette into the yeah into the tub, two like, seconds crying. like prior you're like crying railing a line then 10 minutes later makeup on life together I'm like okay but he saw he was like why are you in a hotel and I explained to him at the time that my aunt had just kicked me out and I didn't realize that you got 90 days notice I didn't even know that like yeah you have like 90 days notice from the last time your rent is sent somewhere oh. you have 90 days nobody can ever just say get the fuck out like you can't get evicted before that amount of time some states it's 90 some states it's 30 but in no state can they just literally say the day of, yeah. oh, here's all your stuff, it's outside. Yeah. You don't live here anymore, actually. Bye. No, that's and that's exactly what she did. So, and I asked her, I remember this was the last time I spoke to my aunt, actually. Um, this was the last time I saw her in person, too. And I told her, because I'd forgiven her for everything, for pimping me, for everything. I had forgiven her for so much. I know you were just doing your best. I had really At the time exactly. I was like, and that's yeah, exactly. I was like, you weren't you weren't on your meds. You were doing the best you could with the tools you had. Did you ever go to a program? No, I never went to a program. But I tried to get myself institutionalized last year when I was like suicidal, and they literally laugh at yeah, they laughed at me. Who the people at um the hospital? It's like in downtown LA. I forget what the lady's name a is. A psychiatric unit. Yeah. They said you couldn't admit yourself. Yeah, I told them I was suicidal, but I was withdrawing because the doctors had put me on Xanax. And so I was like withdrawing. So I was like shaking and I was crying hysterically. So they just thought I was like a drug addict. And they were like, yeah, they're like, we can't do anything for you. And I was like, no, it's like serious. I was like, I've just been on the phone with like the suicide hotline for like three to four hours. I was like, I can't believe they would do that. I uh, it was and it was the closest I've ever come to probably killing myself because I was just like nobody gives a fuck I was like I just walked into a hospital and told them I wanted to kill myself and they just laughed at me like I literally collapsed on the floor and I was like please help me I was like I know I'm about to fuck my life up and like they just looked at me except for the security guard the security guard was like why why won't you guys help her and the nurse was like she just wants drugs and I was like I don't I was I'm like, literally here because I don't want I drugs begging. that's what it was I was begging to see a psychiatrist I was like I was like I was like like uh, 51 me or whatever it is like 5150 yeah. that's what it is in California yeah, yeah. in other states like you just get sectioned it was embarrassing she was like so do you feel suicidal and I was just embarrassed because she was a bitch it's like I'm not gonna be open and honest and but vulnerable I, with you I bitch. was though that's the thing I was I was open and honest with her and I was like yeah I'm suicidal and on my discharge papers she wrote non-suicidal what the fuck yeah. yeah like I could actually sue them for that shit yeah I could sue the fuck out of them because they just wanted also, you to leave. The same doctor that decided to just walk out of the office, I could also sue her. She's been relieved of her job. Now. <gasps> yeah. 
Damn. Yeah, because that shit was actually fucked. Because I, the only reason I was actually that suicidal is because I was withdrawing from all the medications she put me on. And then, like, they were like, yeah, they're like, here's the problem is your doctor walked out of her office and didn't put any refills on your scripts. And I was like, so what does that mean? Because it was my first time taking prescriptions. I started taking prescriptions in January of 2020. And she walked out of the office in March. Who was your doctor? This woman named fucking Wendy something. She was like this 90-year-old Asian woman who didn't even understand me. I had a really fucked up psychiatrist in L.A. And she wasn't a psychiatrist. She was a fucking physician. I was begging to see a psychiatrist. That's even why I was at the hospital. I was like, I'm begging to see a psychiatrist. And they just literally were like looking at me like, like I was trash on the floor, except for the security guard. And he was like, yo, like, and it was sad because there was someone next to me and we were both crying. And actually I thought this woman was out of her mind, but I was crying so much, like so heavily. And she said something like, she was like, they're gonna help you. She's like, they're gonna help us. And I looked over at her and I was like, I don't think they're gonna do shit for us, honestly. I was like, I don't think they're gonna help us at all. And I just started crying oh again. And then it turned out I was right. Like the woman, it took her like, I don't even know how long, but she walked back out and she was like, yeah, so, we can um, we can take you in right now, but that's it. And I was like, I have animals. I was like, what about my animals, though? I was like, because oh, he, right. and here's the other part they don't tell you. When you sign yourself in, it doesn't mean that you can sign yourself out. Oh, you can't sign yourself out of a psychiatric unit. The no. door is locked behind they you. They don't tell you that either. And they say it's for 72 hours. It's for longer than it's 72 hours. Building. It's as long as they want you to be there. Yes. And I didn't know that. And I, But I did know that kind of. So, like, I told them I was like, what? Well, because I, I was afraid that I was going to kill myself like and I knew like my logical brain knew it wasn't the right thing to do and that I was fucking up my life because it's like right now is a temporary emotion and you shouldn't make a permanent decision on a temporary emotion listen to that guys literally never make a permanent decision on a temporary emotion and I knew it like that was the only thing that was like keeping me I was like, all right so I you was were having like, the ideation yes I, I was having severe ideations I was googling every way that you could kill yourself mm -hmm. and i've basically figured out that you can almost not kill yourself correctly so if you think oh a gunshot to the face is going to be a clear like success no it's not there's been people who have shot themselves in the face and the bullet ricochets around their fucking face yeah they end up looking wild and then they might even be brain dead and you're just sitting there in the hospital like Fuck. and you failed at that too exactly and it's not and it's like the same thing with car accidents the same thing with overdoses like you don't always die when you overdose you can sometimes just have a stroke you're like shit after yeah or you could sometimes just have a stroke a stroke yeah and be a vegetable for the rest of your life oh. like i started looking i was looking deeply into how to like a hundred percent kill myself without no like possibility of me fucking it up and i discovered basically the only hundred percent success rate would be if I jumped off like the tallest building in LA. And just by the drop you would die? Yes, just by the drop because normally, yeah, automatically- You'd be dead before you hit the ground. Yes, normally you have a heart attack before you hit the ground, but if you don't have a heart attack, then you definitely gonna be dead if you fall like 60 stories. Yeah, if you are fucking hitting the ground. Exactly. So that was that was where I was at once I left the hospital. I was like, so where's the highest building? Yeah, I was mind? like, where's the highest building in LA? I was like, we're finna go to I, th I don't know what fucking building it was. It was some building downtown. And I was like looking at that building and shit. And so I started looking it up, and I looked up 
because I'm a fucking, I'm really, I feel bad about fucking up other people's lives, man. Yeah. I genuinely, I don't, it's almost like, I I don't care about my own life, but I care about other people more than I care about myself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what keeps people from committing suicide. That's the difference. And literally that's what kept me from jumping off the building because I kept thinking, I was like, bro, there's not a hundred percent guarantee that some poor person isn't going to be walking down there Mm. and I might not fucking hit them. And then their family is going to be so sad. And then they're, what if they have kids? That has literally happened before, too. Because, I mean, I was researching the fuck out of the shit for days. Yeah. I know you would be doing, like, all the research on it, too. Because I didn't want, I didn't want to fail. I didn't want it to be a halfway attempt in me. Perfectionist and everything. Yeah, I was like, no, I was like, if I'm finna die, like, we're doing it right. Like, 100% success rate here. Yeah. Like, that's, that's it. And, like, even with drowning, like, drowning, I looked up drowning. And drowning is the most painful way to die because your lungs explode. We're super good off that no and I was like no super definitely not gonna yeah and so it would get it would always come down to like either overdosing pills or jumping but then the jumping the pills it's funny like they kind of they snapped because they sent me to exodus which is that. I don't really know what it is it seems like it's something for mental health place yes it's something for mental health it's like a facility yeah where they can prescribe you shit and they have psychiatrists do you is it an inpatient program no it's, so it's a first come first serve basis so like the line is fucking down the wait, block wait so is it like a, for people who can't afford their own yeah basically okay so is it it's like a right non-profit organization yeah it's like right across the street from the hospital that declined me uh it's literally called exodus and so i remember they sent me there An and interesting then, name yeah and then i got a caseworker and a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist thought she is just she thought I was bipolar and she was like she put me on they always tell people they're bipolar when they're coming on and off of drugs that's the part I I failed to mention I failed to mention that I was coming off of drugs because I didn't understand what was happening to me so I was just severely suicidal I was just like sometimes I'm suicidal and then other times I'm not I don't know literally I was like I haven't been this bad in years I was like last time I was like suicidal like this was like when my friend got shot and that's actually a normal reason I was like but this is and I was like and I still made it through it like it wasn't like I was like to the point where I was at then Mm -hmm. and I was like this is weird and like they they put me on a shit ton of trains so what started last year I think I missed that. Abusive boyfriend. I'm so the abusive boyfriend that you might hear. Well, no, I met him in Florida. That was actually the one that got shot. And so it was basically like we trauma bonded because he was the only person that was really there for me. Like, like I was saying, it wasn't cool to be a sex worker or to be a stripper. None of that was cool. Being a sugar baby wasn't cool. I turned into the scarlet letter my last two weeks of high school. Mm. And the police that interviewed me literally said, And basically for the rest of my time in Florida, I was the scarlet letter. And the police that interviewed me my last two weeks at high school said, they said, you know what? These kids don't have any fucking idea what you're going through in life. And they have no idea. And he was like, they think that their parents are any different, but their parents are doing the same shit, Mm. except with a fat diamond ring on their hand. And I was like, preach, son. I know. What an angel for you to come across someone that would say that to you. Because he wasn't completely stupid. Like, so the police department called me when I was at that old lady's house they said yeah we have allegations pending da 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 this is like lee county sheriffs and i was like oh fuck this sucks and (laughs) another thing literally i was just like another fucking l literally and i was just like they're like what's your school resource officer's number and i was like i don't fucking know i've never been in trouble with them i was like i'm an aide and 
so they were like, okay. And they, they were like, we'll be in contact with you. And sure as shit they were. I walked into school the next day and the first person to greet me for lunch was a uh, police officer. Police officer. He was like, oh, do you mind if we God. sit down and have lunch together? And I was like, no, I don't mind. <laughs> do I have a choice? You're not asking me, you're telling me. So it's whatever, <laughs> like literally. So I sat down and I remember I was in the courtyard and everyone that hated me in high school was, they were walking by me and I could tell they're like, ah, oh, this bitch is finally getting arrested. Oh, like God. she's finally going to go to jail. Da, 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 da. And I was just That's like, bitches. me, me always, I'm like, going to keep my head high and you can suck my dick literally like that was my whole energy and so i was sitting there and the high schoolers are such kids everyone life middle humans. school and high school i feel like kids are like the spawn of satan i mean i love kids They're mean as fuck but it's like they be mean to each other like i love little kids but i be seeing some of the no shit i love to kids each other. too but they i remember mean. being in middle school and being like even in elementary school they still mean they mean to each other it's just like human nature to be mean until somebody comes along and is like hey that's not cute stop yeah you treat others how you feel about yourself and normally if you hate something in somebody else it's probably because it's inside yeah it's probably what you hate most about yourself or it's what you're the most afraid of people knowing about you and that's how it was you're like oh you're so like you just wear your like heart on your sleeve now I'm like yeah because before when all this was happening I was such a shell of who I was I wasn't voicing any of my opinions I was lying I was just hiding everything that was happening to me like I just pretended like everything so in life was being good. silent yeah I was just I was living a fake life and I just hated it and then once I said you know what fuck it like I'm just gonna be honest and if you don't like me you don't like me and if you do that's awesome because that means that you genuinely like me. And that was, that's what it that's felt. That's a huge revelation. It was a huge revelation and it just felt like a weight off my shoulders. Yeah. Like it felt like a massive weight off my shoulders. Like I didn't have to continue to be and pretend to be something that I wasn't. Like, you know, when you're depressed and you have to pretend to be happy, it makes you more depressed. Mm -hmm. It was just like that. Yeah. And it was like, you know what? I'm just going to be me. Like people be like, oh, you don't hide when you're having like a real bad mental breakdown. I'm like, no, you know why? Because then light. it gets worse because I'm hiding it. And it's not even that. It's like, why is it that everyone feels that they can only show the highlight reels mm, of life? It's true. They, yeah. they feel like, God forbid the public see me without makeup. God forbid they see me actually like living a real life experience. Mm -hmm. Something like, dramatic. Something that's not glamorous and Gucci or money. Yeah. And it's like, I think that's the giant problem with the internet is that like everyone got into this headspace of, oh, well, I need to project this fake life. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to project the real life. Any of my flaws. Yeah, I can't show any of my flaws. And like, just like Cardi, like all these people were like, oh, well, she just, she needs to like monochromatic her in her Instagram. Like it's all over the place. She just posts all this random shit. And it's like, yes, because she's a real person. Yeah. That's why she does not get, she doesn't care. Cause you know what? Life isn't a Pinterest board. It's not a highlight reel. It's real life. Like if you, my, my counselor said Life it to is me, messy as fuck. Yeah, it's messy as fuck. And my counselor said it to me the best way ever. Cause I kept saying like, when are the, when are, when are like the blow is going to stop. Mm. Like, when are they going to stop? I was like, I feel like it's just going to keep coming. And she was like, I'm not going to lie to you. Never. They do keep coming. She was like, but let's look at like a lifeline, right? Mm -hmm. Like your heart, your heartbeat, it goes up and down, up and down, up and down. And it's always going up and down. But when it's flat, you're dead. Yeah. So it's like, you got to expect that for life. You got to expect that there's going to be the ups and the downs. And it's actually good because if there wasn't any, you just not, you wouldn't be here. And if there was no suffering, you wouldn't know love and happiness. All of it. Like, 
I swear it's all your perspective. Like I realized for so long I was like I'm broken until I went to therapy. I was like I'm broken. Who's gonna want the broken boy? Who's gonna want the person with all these issues? Yes, that's how it feels like when you have basically all these labels on you. It Mm -hmm. feels like you're the broken Barbie. Yeah, the labels. Yeah, and it's like you're looking at all the other regular Barbies that don't have all the labels, and you're like, Mm -hmm. damn, they look like fresh out of the box, and they look like they're doing great. And then shit, I'm like missing an arm over here and some hair patches, like you know. And that's really how it is. But it's like you have to shed all of those and give yourself your own label. You literally have to embrace who you are because Mm -hmm. there's no one else like you in life. Yeah, and not define yourself by the labels. Like I always listen to this Deepak Chopra um, guided meditation and one of the parts he says shed all of your labels yeah shed those like those aren't, and it's like those that's aren't not you. that's not in you that shit ain't in you it's it's on you it ain't in you you can get someone rid of it. made you feel like you're broken yeah so you are just broken but like you're not broken you're not broken you just need to change a headspace you just yeah. need to change your perspective mm-hmm. like my counselor she explained it to me in the best way ever she was like you're not broken she was like actually stronger she was like you don't she's like you fail to realize this a lot of the time and I I was like what do you mean she's like look at you you're homeless right now right and I was like yeah she was like at the time that she was talking to me and I was like yeah she was like but unless you had told me that I would have never been able to know because you're staying in a five-star hotel Mm -hmm. you look perfectly put together you have a gorgeous dress on yeah how would anyone ever know present yourself yeah and I was like but that's the thing I was like I try not to let anyone know and (laughs) And nobody believes that I have anything going on because I look so good and that's what she said she was like well maybe you should work on just being more authentic not trying to put up this facade of that everything is always okay all the time it's like that Taylor Swift song when she's like you're tied together with a smile but you're coming on straight up and it's like And it's like that smile will break eventually. Like the more you keep making yourself smile when you don't, when you want to cry, the worse it gets. Mm -hmm. So, and I just realized I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be honest with people. I don't know when it happened, but I just was like, you know what? I'm done with this. Like, I think it was like right after that whole high school thing. Cause the police officer, he literally said to me, he was like, these kids don't know shit about what you're going through. You hold your head up high and you're going to graduate. And I was like, I am going to graduate. He was like, you are doing good. He was like, and I know this is like the only cop that I will honestly ever say was like really nice to me, except for this one cop that actually helped me out here. But he was so kind like to he me. he was human with you. He, yeah, he was. He was human. He was understanding. He was like. He was like, so you're going on dates with old people? I was like, yeah. And he was like, you're 18? He was like, let me see your ID. And I I showed him my ID, and he was like, okay. And he was like, I wish that we would have known about this when you were 17 because we could have helped you. He was like, like, we could have helped you. And he was like, we can still help you if you want it. He was like, but you got to ask us for the help. And I was like, I was I, I was just always taught to like not talk to fuck or fuck right. with cops. Yeah. And I was just like, thank you. I was like, I appreciate that. I thought I was getting arrested. So I was just like, oh, this is a 180 from what I thought it was going to be. And he was just like, no, he was like, if you ever just if you need a bed, if you need to help with something, just call us like we'll, we'll find you a place to sleep. That's amazing. And stuff. It was so nice. It that's was the really nicest thing. such. A- that's amazing. That's it was such, really like, sweet. That's he, a like legit like blessing. He was and he it wasn't like he just like racial profiled me and listened to the two like white people yeah. and said, oh, fuck this kid. He went and he was he like, dug this into, is a girl. Like, this is a little he girl. He dug into my record, too. He was like, so I looked at your academic record. He was like, you're a sum cum laude student. You have mm-hmm. honors right now. You're an AP. You've taken AP and honors classes and you're in dual enrollment. And you also counsel troubled 
kids and all mm. the kids that you've counseled they de- they dug deep and apparently all the kids that i counseled didn't go on to have any problems after that oh wow and like i mean these kids were like these kids were about to stab each other and fuck up their whole lives like bad and i literally just told them what it was i was like you know how much you hate her I understand because I would listen to them like I would listen and I think like people always expect you to take their side a lot of people when they're in the dead wrong they're like oh yeah the person's gonna take their, take my side yeah I'd totally like, I'd be like they're gonna talk and then you can talk and nobody better speak while she's talking or she's talking okay and then I'm gonna talk and then literally like they would know they'd be like oh shit like she's not agreeing with me I'd be like no yeah. I'd be like you're kind of in the dead wrong you're flagging out and this girl has every right to want to stab you but guess what that's gonna do and then I'd look at her and I'm like this is gonna fuck your whole life (laughs) if you stab someone let's think about I would break it down for them because your frontal lobe isn't developed as a child and so you're very irrational you're quick to decisions yeah you don't think about consequences I remember the one thing that this girl in particular told me is she said I'm in the center because we were performing arts school Mm -hmm. so she was in the gifted arts part of our school for ballet and she was like I'm in the center I'm in ballet and I was like that's that's amazing I was like that's dope but you want to hear something sad I was like center's gonna go right out the fucking window along with your schooling here and you're gonna go to ALC and this is gonna go on your record for life you won't be able to get into a college and you'll start your criminal record you mean to like juvie yeah I was like you'll start your first criminal record now in high school and no people won't be able to see it but it'll be your first offense and you won't be able to come back to school no school will take you. The only school that will take you will be the Alternative Learning Center. And she just sat back. I was like, so, I was like, is this girl talking all that shit worth you throwing out? Maybe you becoming like the prima ballerina one day? They felt comfortable and they were like, if she's saying it, it probably means something. Mm-hmm. And so when the cop like went to go check with everyone, he was like, yeah, all the kids you counseled, they referenced you well and they all proceeded to not get into arguments and a lot of them would come up to me in the hallways and be like hey thank you so much for that like I was about um, to actually ruin my life or like thank you for doing that and I'm like no problem I don't want to see you guys doing all the stupid shit love everywhere you go <laughs> literally I try I swear I try so hard you know that little meme of the like skeleton that like throws petals everywhere God, it's like the funniest fucking meme it's in like a little tutu and it's like throwing petals I'm like that's literally me it's like when you're dead inside but you try to brighten up everyone's life well at least for me I think growing up is when you realize that other people don't have your best interests at heart and you had to learn that really, really, really early. I also learned that power corrupts absolutely because my boyfriend wasn't abusive until I lost my car and I lost my home. And then he realized that I had nowhere to go and that my, that everything relied on him. And so he could do whatever he wanted because what was I going to do about it? I don't know what in my mind made me want to marry that man, but... Now Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome base yeah, basically I it was also a trauma bond because yeah. we bonded over having not even though he was wealthy, I think a misconception people have about a lot of wealthy children or people from wealthy homes is that their childhood is gonna be perfect and like nothing goes wrong. And I'm like, what you fail to realize is behind these big ass houses and these big ass gates is real fucked up shit going down. I think like if you get a lot of money it's going to enhance the person you already always were like if you have always had good intentions for people you wish that you could be more generous like you want to help people then when you have money you're going to be a great person that helps people and if you're an asshole who like and you always have been you've always been like oh fuck this person below me even when you had nothing to be above them with 
Yeah. You're just going to be a fucking asshole when you have money. And even my most recent boyfriend, his mother called him because there was a something going on that she watched something about this guy who was a narcissist who killed his girlfriend and so his mother calls him and says i'm worried that you are a narcissist (gasps) the serial killer reminded her of her son yeah isn't that cute i mean he wasn't a serial killer he just killed his girlfriend but the killer reminded her yeah the murderer reminded her of her son (laughs) bad enough to be on tv mind you you know what he does he starts laughing and he goes there's nothing to be worried about. I just have narcissistic tendencies. Okay. I'm a very sensitive person. And like when I say I don't know how to explain it. It just felt like this person didn't have a soul. Yeah. It felt like they didn't have a soul. I dated a narcissist when my mom had cancer and he said my mom wanted us to go visit her in the hospital. Obviously, yeah. he said he wouldn't go to the hospital because he doesn't want to be around negative people. Oh, and sick people are negative energy. Good luck to him when he's sick. Right? No, I had somebody like that. Actually, it was it was right after I had had an abortion. And my last of my, like, they were my family, kind of. But they were, like, family friends. They weren't blood family. But I held both of their kids when they were born. I've known them for, like, 15 years plus. Mm-hmm. So they're basically my family. And this woman, she used to be a really nice woman. All of a sudden, just kind of started changing. And... Obviously, I'm going to be depressed because I just had an abortion and your pregnancy yeah. hormones are still pregnancy raging. Hormones. I had an also, abortion once funny. too. Yeah, it's it's traumatic. It's depressing. Yeah. So on top of you having all these extra hormones. I remember just crying in the car at the most random song. Yes. Like, you cry for everything. Aerosmith song, Don't Want to Miss a Thing. I just bawled my fucking ass Va- up to that facts, song. Facts, facts. <laughs>